0: Today, in the Anything But Quiet Time podcast, Rochelle copies my topic.
1: It, listen, I didn't know that this was what you were dealing with.
0: Fear? I mean, you didn't think that this is maybe what the world is dealing with? Fear?
1: That's exactly what I It's not like I'm copying you on purpose.
0: <laughs> this is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast where we talk about what, what's going on devotionally. And, I mean, right now, just what's what's going on? How are you staying entertained, Rochelle?
1: How am I sa- okay, so right now I'm broadcasting or rather recording this podcast in my bedroom. Yeah. Thank you, we technology. Just, I, I'm not trying to name drop at all, but I've never I've never interviewed an artist in my jammies before because we're having to we're having to quarantine. My husband's mm-hmm. a registered nurse. Long story short, his boss tested positive for COVID. So we we're trying to distance ourselves just to make sure we're doing right by everyone. And it is strange when you know, I haven't even put socks and shoes on, and um, asking Matthew West how he's dealing. You know, <laughs>
0: yeah, that's true. Yeah, very professional look. Yeah, uh, that you had today, yeah. I'm sure.
1: There's a sleeping dog right next to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great. So, you, I want to, I want to ask you this though. Mm-hmm. You, um, there's a lot of great things to be had right now with family time. In fact, Matthew West talked about showing old movies. Uh, his childhood favorites to his daughters, since they're all home alone, are all at home together. So, um, Rochelle, what experience did you have for the boys just yesterday?
1: Okay, so we did sit down to watch some Star Wars. And as everybody knows, that's, you know, one of our favorites in our home. And But here's the thing. After dinner, it's common for us to have something sweet to offset the salt. Of course. Right. Everything in its balance. So they want a scoop of ice cream, but my husband's adamant that they get their potassium in there. So, yes, you may have one scoop of ice cream, but you must also have a banana. Okay. Makes sense. Now, this seems like a good combination, right? Yeah. Peanut butter is to jelly as bananas are to an ice cream bowl. However, my children were not apparently knowing what a banana split was and they are 10 and 13 and i realized that i have failed my children all these years that they had no idea the amazing possibilities that can come with ice cream banana little fudge little nuts oh they were all about it all about
0: i um i don't usually comment on other people's parenting styles
1: um <laughs>
0: but in this situation you failed
1: i severely deprived them <laughs> Of an American tradition. Actually, I don't know if it was birth tier, but it feels like it was. It's ours now. We're
0: America. We'll take
1: it. (laughs) Now, we didn't have the strawberry, but we did have the vanilla and the chocolate. So for a true banana split, I think you also have to have the strawberry. We'll have to try that out later. But it was was rather lovely. And I know that you and Kelsey have been able to—I think God has allowed this opportunity— if we see it and take it as an opportunity to spend some quality time with our loved ones, yeah. hopefully putting devices down a little bit. And I, I obviously there are situations, my husband included, and first responders, whether you're in the medical field or you're a police officer, whatever capacity that you will find yourself in a, quote, essential position where you have to continue to work. But for, I would say like 90% of humanity right now, we're just, we're trying to figure out a new normal. That's true. So it's allowed you maybe some some more time before little Ezra is born
0: it's, to hang out. I mean, it really hasn't changed our normal whole bunch because Kelsey's pregnant. Um, So we mostly just chilled anyway. Uh, but there are less activities to get to. I mean, that's so true. I think some of that's been nice. Some of it's been a bummer. We were going to, she was going to have the baby shower in April. Uh, our anniversary is in April, uh, her birthday is in April and we would have gone out to eat, you know, uh, anniversary and birthday certainly. And so mm-hmm. again, that's not a catastrophe, but it's, in fact, that's it's what disappointing. She, had, well, she had said that the other day. She goes, I know it's not the world's worst situation, but I'm going to let myself be sad about this. I want to grieve this sure. because I am bummed out about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I was really blessed by this one particular nurse. She had just gotten off of her third 12 hour shift. Whew and she yeah she finally got a nap in there but before she did she saw what people were posting about really frustrated and how i don't get to do this and i don't get to do that not like your wife who seems to be handling it very well yeah um but i i was blessed with her response it was very gracious but it was a good reminder as well she said i do understand how disappointing that must be and i'm i am truly sorry um but thank you for for doing what you're being asked to do, because being compliant right now could literally save a life. And so uh, when she puts it like that, yeah. you're like, oh man. It then I get it. At the same yeah. time, you also have to be honest with your own emotions, like Kelsey's saying, this, you know, it is frustrating because I was anticip—I am anticipating the birth of my first child. I'm anticipating what a baby shower is like, and that's you know going to be delayed. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you have to be honest. And I think that, that brings us to our next thought, doesn't it, Carter? Uh,
0: being honest about fear. Yeah. I think it's it's totally okay to recognize. I'll let you you talk about that because you, you, you had that quote that you really enjoyed.
1: Oh, uh, the one from Brene? Yeah. Because she and I are on first name basis.
0: Yeah, you've never met her, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Brene Brown, she's a professor at U of H, and she was recently interviewed by The Today Show. You may know her from TED Talks. But um, she shared about being able to use the English language, or any language for that matter, to wrap around an emotion is really important. And the wording she used is a lot of people don't want to say, I'm feeling anxiety, I'm feeling fearful, because those words, you may feel like that gives you, somehow it gives fear power a place of power in your life. Or as a follower of Jesus, I would even go so far as to say it gives the enemy power if I if I say that I'm fearful right now. Mm-hmm. But she said yeah. the importance of being able to use our words to to label it what it is is so completely valid because it only can help us get to the next step in terms of dealing with it, you know. And I thought that was really good. We do shy away from those things because we want to be more than vict- uh, victors through Jesus Christ. We want to be victorious because he is victorious. And if I say that I'm afraid right now, then that feels like I'm giving into it. No, I think you're just calling it what it is. You're calling a spade a spade. And then you're able to go now that I I see what it is in my own life. Now I know how to deal with it. Sometimes when we put labels on things, we know what they are. If I put a label on a can of cream of mushroom soup, now I know what it is. And when I put it in the soup, (laughs) it's not going to surprise the the whole family, right? That's true. So I I thought that was really valuable. And I hope that it's valuable to you as well, because I don't think um, that all fear necessarily should even be considered negative. Sometimes fear can help us understand if we have a healthy fear about things and healthy regard for things, then we are able to be as careful in regards to those things as we need to be. So if you know, for instance, the coronavirus, if you are within six feet of a person, or at least that's what we're being, you know, directed to do to stay at least six feet from a person, we are keeping ourselves at distance because we know that it can be transmitted in a certain amount of ways. I want to. Ha- I want to give those um, those facts my respect. I want to have a certain amount of healthy fear in regards to. Okay, now I understand. This is um, this is what it is. Does it, I, I don't know if I'm rambling. I hope what I'm saying makes sense. I want to have a healthy regard for things, and I think that that's been defined even in scripture as fear um, to be uh, to fear God. Is what scripture often refers to and sometimes that can sound confusing well i thought he was my daddy god why am i to be fearful and to be reverent and to be respectful yeah yeah you know it's important to have that healthy outlook on things so anyway that's kind of where i'm at in scripture and um in regards to fear and and Mm -hmm. wanting to see lord okay you tell me to be anxious over nothing you tell me to stop worrying that's really important that I obey that. I want to make sure if I'm doing that, that I call it what it is so that you can help me unpack that through your spirit's grace and power so that I can come to a healthy place. If it's a healthy fear, help me to know how to embrace what I need to and let go of any anxiety that might be tied to it, if that makes sense.
0: So what we talked about at uh, church on uh, Sunday was Psalm 46, uh, Psalm 46, honestly, the first few verses. Mm -hmm. And it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. And, you know, we're talking about what was going on at the time was chaos. This, this what's being described is chaos mm. and we are going through chaos in our lives as well but it's hard to celebrate his presence when we're sitting in a state of panic mm. and so to relinquish control to understand that God is in control so no I, I totally get what you're saying there it is it is um to take seriously like, like you talk about fear of, of a lion or a tiger. Hey, tigers are very popular right now. <laughs> so you, you, uh, you get in a tiger cage and you are going to respect that animal mm-hmm. in a good, fearful way. You are, you're going to do whatever the expert there tells you to do. Um, and, and so that you're not going to go in and go, yeah, I'm totally fine. Let me go pet this thing. And so there's there's a, a a reverence even if you will. And so I, I I think it's the same understanding that this is that this world is broken, this world is fallen, that there are things that happen. And but ultimately, why we won't give into fear is because God is in control. And so when we're not in a state of panic, we can celebrate His presence.
1: Psalm sixty one, verse two. This popped up on my Facebook. Uh, you know how every once in a while you posted this five years ago. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how God will allow some of those scriptures to, to pop up even through social media uh, that you hadn't even been thinking about, but you need in the moment. And it's from the end of the earth, will I cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed. So you think about what does that mean? Overwhelmed, distressed, f- fearful, anxiety ridden. It says, lead me to the rock that is higher than I to that place, that level that takes me to a different, an elevated place. Um, God doesn't want you to live down in that valley. But I love the fact that he recognizes that it will be a part of the journey. You Mm -hmm. know, we know through the scripture, even though I've, i walk through the valley of the shadow of death it says in psalm 23 that he's still with me he knows that we're going to be walking through valleys in this world you will have tribulation he tells us but take heart i've overcome the world you know these are things that we will experience not just as followers of christ we'll see others go through it as well the amazing part about Uh, following Jesus is we have a hope in him that others might not know, especially if they've, if they don't follow the Lord and we have an opportunity to declare this incredible hope through the actions of living life, through sharing our testimony, through um, maybe that scripture verse that pops up on social media that you posted five years ago, reshare it, but allow people to feed off of that hope because they are desperate for any kind of hope and i don't want them filling up with something that is false
0: yeah yeah so
1: if we're pretending that we're not feeling fear if we're pretending that we're not experiencing these kinds of things like stress uh then i don't think we're helping people on the outside of our christian faith because we're not being authentic we have to recognize that this is something i am feeling Uh, because then now I can show you this is how I deal with it. I have to lean on the Lord and not my own understanding. And it gives you this incredible, even, uh, yeah, open door opportunity to connect with people through your frailty and show them, I can't do it either. I can't do this alone. I have to do it with Jesus.
0: Yeah, we we should be opening that doorway, like you said, and not putting up a facade. Mm -hmm. Um, Perfect people are not relatable because there are none. And so yeah. it just I mean, even just within Christian culture, when I see somebody that just seems to have it all together, uh, I'm like, oh, man, I must not be doing something right. And then and then and at least in times in my life, people like that, that seem to have it all together and and put up that wall, put up that facade. Mm-hmm. Eventually, there's a crack in the facade and you can see it, whether big or small. And it has given me relief, not not because I want them to go through a hard time, but it's like, OK, I wasted time comparing myself to what I thought was a perfect person. And I'm I'm glad that that wasn't a perfect person, that the pressure's off of me. But yeah. also, I need to make sure that I'm not doing that. Let, you know, let's direct people to the source that is perfect, not myself.
1: I think mean, it's that's really good. Yeah, the, the fact that. Jesus obviously was perfect because he was the only person who was perfect who was relatable.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So
1: how he managed to somehow be relevant and relatable and perfect at the same time means that he was perfect. Because, yeah, you know, I've never looked at a person that presents themselves as perfect on social media and thought, Man, I can relate to that person who's never had like a a large pore in their nose or whatever. (laughs) But somehow he was incredibly relatable. And he was this remarkable storyteller. And I think it was because he was not afraid to live amongst us, to be God is with us, Mm. to live out the purpose of that that name, Emmanuel. Um, Maybe that was – it was – the humanity, bringing himself down to this level that uh, at the same time, the way he spoke, people were like, nobody speaks like this guy. Yeah. So it was this yeah. combination of things because and I hear you say, don't you know, don't be perfect because that nobody can relate to that. I was like, well, Jesus, how did you manage that? And it just was this, it was the supernatural presence, this this incredible person that people could not help. But listen to, even those that were opposed him could not help but be riveted. Pilate was riveted by this guy when Jesus stood before him, even bloody and bruised and like looking like just the the depths of despair is what Jesus looked like. But the way he spoke, there was something captivating about this person. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. He could only be God because right. Um. There's there's nobody like you said nobody could pull that off to be to be perfect and also be relatable and so yeah. Um, wow.
1: You know, speaking of pilot, I want to go ahead and spoiler alert. We're going to be doing some Easter, uh, podcasts here in the next couple of days that really kind of kind of like we did at Christmas time unpack the true story of Christmas. We're going to do that with the Easter story and I think really maybe ask some questions or go places where I, not. it's not that other people haven't gone before, but maybe just you feel I don't want to be that person that raises my hand in Sunday school and asks yeah. because they're going to all go, duh, the Garden of Gethsemane. And you then know, you're
0: like, oh sorry,
1: I'm never going to come again. Exactly. Yeah. I, um, can I say though, I didn't realize
0: that Uh, Pilot actually set, I think, a great example. I never looked at him as a great example. But Mm. my goodness, in today's day and age, washing your hands. Thank you so much, Pilot. Thank you. Thank you for that. Really?
1: (laughs) Even after 2,000 years, that joke is too soon.
0: That's too soon, yeah. (laughs) So can I speak to more about fear? Two fears about the the future. Okay. Or a, a couple of different things that we might we might worry about or would be after this whole pandemic is done
1: if that helps you get to a better place with how to to to, to wrangle this beast
0: uh, the beast of the podcast is that what you're referring to
1: no I'm just talking about fear in general
0: oh fear in general oh my goodness. otherwise yeah. you're
1: just gonna unpack a few more reasons for us to go to the prayer closet <laughs> no honestly it's
0: it's encouragement for the future and for now oh okay and let me, let me go ahead and start with the future, actually. My, uh, my grandma is in her mid-80s, Aunt Louise, and she's awesome. Um, she has had a long life, obviously. She actually just had knee replacement. Uh, but she has four kids, four grandkids, um, great-grandkids, as a matter of fact. She's and, a
1: spunky one. She's one of my favorite oh, people.
0: Oh, she is. Oh, she is. Yes, she is. And uh, I saw her call a truck driver a bloomin' idiot one time.
1: Well, there you, there's the spunk I was yeah,
0: talking. Yeah, that's, that's that spunk. Um, she, my 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 grandpa, he passed away in 2002, and so she got remarried ten years later. Or so, um, and I got to DJ my own grandma's wedding. Uh, that was kind of crazy, you know. And so she's seen a lot of about life, different viewpoints, and and different things that changed that that she thought wouldn't. And she told me once, Carter, life is nothing but a series of changes mm-hmm. that we get hung up on something and we think this career or even my my goodness, marriage for her. I mean, she didn't think my grandpa was going to go that early, you know, mm-hmm. and and that life is nothing but a series of changes. But it encourages me that because a lot of people will talk about what's the world going to be like after this whole thing is over. And. There are, I'm sure, some things that it's like, oh, man, I remember that? Oh, when we used to do that, that coronavirus kind of changed everything. Yeah. But there are going to be some things also, not only will we get used to those, there's going to be some things also that are like, whoa, I never would have wanted this to change, but I'm glad it did. I'm glad yeah. I put my phone away because we had family dinner every night during the corona- coronavirus, and we've kept that going for for years since then I'm glad that change happened even though I feared change
1: the only thing that should never change is God and he mm-hmm. can't because that would go against his nature yeah he is the same yesterday today and forever and at the same time even though he is not changing he invites us to evolve if you will to a higher place. You know we were just talking about to a place that is higher than I the rock that is higher than I that it says in Psalms. I think it's really important that I embrace change. And 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 if I hold this life loosely. Now I'm not talking about the things that matter. Like I want to hold on to Jesus with everything I have. Mm-hmm. I want to hold on to his values. I want to hold on to the gifts of the spirit with love and my family and All of those kinds of things. But I'm talking about the way that life goes. If I hold things so tightly, then when things do get changed up, it is going to cause me tremendous stress. Yeah, And yeah, that's where fear can come into place. And the Lord's like, I have not abandoned you. I will not abandon you. I've told you that you're going to have trouble. I've told you that I will be with you till the ends of the earth, though. And I want to in a sense, keep changing for the better. And it you know, it's interesting there there's a refining process that it took place. I don't know if they still do it this way, but when Paul talked about um, just going through turmoil and, and trials in his own personal life, I think it was in one of the Thessalonians he was talking about how when he first became a believer, he was pumped and ready to go and share the gospel message, but he was not in a place yet that he was ready. Like mm. the Holy Spirit wanted to work on him a little bit more because he was, he, hey, let's do this. But he kept feeling that there, there was just a halt in that, that ministry. And so when you hear about the refiner's fire, there are like three different levels that remove the nasty stuff from the pure metal part of gold. And it's a changing that occurs. Three different fires it takes. For that to happen, and if I truly want to achieve this pure, bright, shiny gold, if you will, then that the he could, my God, could see his reflection in, because that's what I want—his image, not mine. Yeah. Then I do have to be tested. I do have to go through things that will stretch me, grow me strengthen that character a person who is an athlete knows that you are only going to and you told me this you're only going to get stronger when you start you know pumping iron and doing all that stuff and what does exercise do does it didn't you tell me it literally rips your the muscle
0: what weightlifting does is you're you're tearing the muscle down and it's it's coming back stronger than it was before
1: so that you know, honestly, if I, if that happens, it sounds good. Trust me, I know it sounds really good. Hey, stand up and preach that sermon from the pulpit. That's right. I want to be strengthened. I want to be stronger. Mm. We no. Here's what we usually want as human beings: we want fast food strength. Yeah. <laughs> we want to wake up the next day like Tobey Maguire in the first Spider Man movie, and all of a sudden I have I have a six pack. You know, I have I have abs. So that's amazing. I don't want to necessarily put the work in, but There is so much that we need in not getting stuff overnight, not going through the drive through. We need to go through that purpose because it builds patience. Let patience have its perfect work, the scripture says. So it's super easy for me to say, yes, it's another thing to actually live it. But at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, you know, we're going to be stronger for it and we will hold up in the midst of stressors like a pandemic. And Allow kindness and patience and joy and love and these incredible virtues through God's Spirit shine through because we've been through the fire. And yeah. we're, and that's what Jesus needs because he needs those people that he can shine his light through and tell the world, I am here. I have hope. I am hope. And I can get you through this. That's what God wants to do. He wants to hire you and me to be his light.
0: There, With what you're talking about there of letting the kindness and the patience show through, there is one more type of fear that I would like to point out, the fear of the now affecting the future. And that's living in fear right now and how it can change things. My friend pointed this out to me. There is an old Twilight Zone episode called The Shelter. And this was in the 60s when nuclear nuclear bombs were I mean, there was a fallout, you know, protocol in schools. My dad even remembered, you know, getting under your desk, you're practicing the drill and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And so this episode, it's set in that era. And there's a, a bunch of neighborhood friends at the Stockman's house. Bill Stockman is um, I don't know what he does, but he it was successful enough that he installed the fallout shelter in his basement for him and his family. And at the beginning of the episode, the the neighborhood people are, you know, they're just chatting. They're celebrating Bill's birthday and they're talking about how cool that he did that shelter and they'll have to get one, too. And all that. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, one of the little boys comes, comes in. He says, hey, I just heard on the radio that there's there's something flying towards the United States. Mm. And they go, what? Are you sure? And then they go and they listen to the radio. And the radio is saying, uh, folks, the the radar has picked up something flying over the Atlantic Ocean towards the United States. And we want to give you that this is, we don't, we're still not sure what it is, but we're going to go ahead and elevate the alert level to yellow. Mm. So fear ensues. The Stockmans go to their fallout shelter. The neighbors don't have anywhere to go. They freak out. They band together. They build a contraption that helps them tear through the door. They're like, Bill, let us in. He's like, no, there's not room. There's only room for my family and I. We're going to tear down this door. And they tear down the door, and now it can't be used by anybody. And right as they enter, the radio says, all right, folks, so sorry about that. Turns out it was satellites that the radar picked up. We're so sorry for that, but everything is just fine. Go on about your normal business. So now they're all standing there, and the neighbors try to go back to normal, and you'll hear what they say about the damages and then what what Bill says, we'll, we'll pay for the damages, Bill. I wonder. I wonder if any one of us has any idea what those damages really are. They know what would happen the next time an emergency happens, that everybody's going to lose their head. And he says, I wonder what those damages really are. Can we ever pay that price? And so I think about now, you know, the some of the the. Initial panic of rushing to the grocery store and all that is passed a little bit, but I, I think about my actions and how it can greatly affect the future. And if I act in panic and I steal somebody's toilet paper, or I get away from me, get away from me, and I I don't show the love of Christ while following protocols, certainly, mm-hmm. what will that do? As for me, as I'm a representative of Christ, what if I'm doing this to a person who doesn't know Jesus but knows, hey, that's that Christian DJ, or that's that guy that goes to church every week? And I, it made me think greatly about my current actions when everybody's a little on edge and how it can affect the future.
1: There's that line from Batman Begins. It's one of your favorite movies, isn't it?
0: Uh, Batman Begins is okay. I prefer The Dark Knight.
1: Okay. Well, yeah. it, but Rachel the love interest of uh, Batman. Yeah. Uh, Spoiler alert, Bruce Wayne. What? Batman is Bruce Wayne? Anyway, she said, it's your actions that define you. Mm. And I thought that was really interesting. You know, you are what you eat. (laughs) you know, All these things that we get throughout the years. I, I want my actions to define who Jesus is. That's what I want. I want to manifest who he is. And if you have been guilty of behaving in a way that is not in line with jesus hey me too that's that's the definition of being human <laughs> you know it's mm-hmm. but god gives us an incredible opportunity through jesus to cross over to him and what's really awesome about his grace 70 times seven, in other words, he was telling his disciples, when you forgive 70 times seven, I mean an infinite amount of times. It doesn't mean that he doesn't want you to keep trying. Oh, Jesus will forgive me. It'll be fine. I'll just keep on doing what I'm doing. No, no, no. We, we're still to strive towards that heavenly way. We're still to be that person who seeks after God and follows him. But it, there is grace that meets us there when we mess up. And I'm really blessed by that because I do that all the time. I mess up with my kids. I overreact or I, yeah, I get flustered or angry or upset. I'll read a post or I'll, you know, somebody cuts me off or whatever it is. And I have to keep going, Lord, that's not of you right now. That's, that's me going back to the other stuff that I don't want to be a part of. No, I want to mm. follow after you. What is your way? How did you handle opposition? He handled it with grace and Father, forgive them.
0: Thank you for spending time with us. Uh, of course, you can uh, leave us a five-star review if you feel inclined to. You got
1: the extra time. Why not, right? Yeah. If you feel inclined to. Yeah. It just sounded super proper. Well, I don't know. I'm proud of you. If you do
0: incline to feel if graceful. Well, and
1: now it went under the... app. Ah, sorry. Never <laughs> mind.